The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk, and always co-hosting with me, Eric Glove. You like Glove Glove? I'm here, James. How you doing, brother? Man, it's good, good to be here. Good to have you on. Well, first, tomorrow's the fourth, Glove, and uh, we just let everybody, what you going to be doing tomorrow? Barbecuing, doing something on the grill? Well, you know, of course, you know, me and uh, James always have this uh, ongoing battle. Who can uh, grill the best, you know, Chicago or, you know, Illinois or Diego? And, of course, it's Diego. We're going to marinate these tri-tip roasts and uh, throw a little tri-tip on the grill along with some sausage, you know, and, uh, Things like that, you know, make some good old California margaritas and some nice cold beer. <laughs> well, you usually throw some fish on the grill. You ain't throwing no fish on this time. Nah, nah. You know, this is this is a uh, more of a you know meat day. So we're gonna do red. We're gonna do red meat. No, no, we're not eating healthy tomorrow. No healthy choice tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's good, man. Have a good time, you know. Uh, well, we might as well get started, you know. Too bad we ain't got Paula. She might call in. Uh, but later on, we're going to the show. We'll start doing a little questions, you know. I mean, where the listeners sent in, we'll answer some of the questions, get those out the way for all that. But I want to start off with one. Um, one of our listeners, Gary Geringer, was calling and asking, you know, what do we think the Eagles going to do? What do you think they'll do, Glove, with the new well, coach? Well, you know what? I mean, I think we've had this conversation before, James. And, and let me start not at the top being the owner, but the new head coach they hired. You know, and I got to go back for a second. I think it's kind of messed up how, you know, coaches, we've had this conversation before, how coaches leave their college teams in a bad place and come to the NFL and get all the money and, you know, not be penalized for what they did in college. So I was a Chip Kelly fan. Now I'm not a Chip Kelly fan because of what he did at Oregon. But from an ego standpoint, He's trying to implement that hybrid, you know, high-paced offense. And people don't realize in that offense you have to have personnel. You know, he was blessed in Oregon with having, you know, a track team in the backfield and that receiver. Now, are he going to have those same intangibles in Philly? Well, yeah, he has Deshaun Jackson. You know, he has Michael Vick. But what other key components do he have to implement his hybrid offense? So, I think the expectation that they've had in the past is still there. It's just a matter of what personnel is going to step up to run this hybrid. So it, for me, it remains to be seen. And uh, I see them going 500, you know, Super Bowls, no. But, but 
they'll they'll make a little uh you know they'll make some noise in the uh, NFC. Well, my question is, love is too. Um, first is, do you think a coach should come in with the same team, another coach, a Hall of Famer, and change the team around? You think it's coaching? And second is, if they only go 500, would there be some big changes in that organization as far as like Michael Vick and all them leaving? Do you think so? Well, I mean, you, you have to you have to look at you know, a coach is only as good as his personnel who pick up his scheme, and then. You know, as a team and as a coach, you're only as good as what the front office put in front, put out there. You know, whatever your product is, what is the front office doing to better? Now, in the off season and in the draft, what has Philly done to better themselves? You know, so if you look at those intangibles with the guys they picked up in the off season and in the draft, yeah, they've addressed some of the components. Now, you got to get them in and see if the puzzle pieces, you know, if they all go together. You know, my issue with Philly have always been they put together that heck of a team with all those players, but they didn't get any old linemen for the quarterback. And their and their running game was, was standard. It wasn't like they had an over-the-top running game. You know, it was like they had Michael Vick, but he was halfway running for his life most of the time. So he could never get comfortable in the pocket, you know, where some games he's seen that flash of brilliance. In other games, you know, it was looking like, you know, he was a, a man of the past. So, if everybody jails and comes together, you know, their upside is good, you know, with what Chip Kelly's trying to do, but we won't know until the season starts. Well, love, that, that seems to be the problem with every team. If you look at it, every team crying about O-line, O-line. I mean, look at the Bears. They said they will went further. Their O-line will get Cutler. Everybody know a team in the O-line, but, you know, isn't that for you to make adjustment if you know your team, you know, it's not, you know, protecting more than three seconds. Don't you shorten up the the play, pass play, glove? Well, you know, the the one thing I probably spoke with you about, and and we have this general conversation, you know, guys that I, you know, normally hang out with that are football coaches or players, or whatever. I said everybody get caught up in scheme, meaning everybody want to run their scheme, be it offense or defense. But we're talking about offense. You know, people want to run their scheme on offense but they don't have the personnel to run the scheme. So nobody makes the adjustment to the personnel that they have. It's like it's either going to be my scheme or bust. Not, hey, you know what, maybe we should, you know, tweak this offense a little bit because we don't have those fast running backs or those small underneath receivers, you know. We're not blessed with having those little guys that can run those precision routes. So maybe we should tweak the offense. And for me, that's what, you know, differentiates the good franchises from the mediocre ones, is they know how to, you know, go off the path with their personnel or interchange personnel in spots, whereas other franchises don't. Well, let's let's jump to another team. I hate to jump, but when you said they have to change with personnel, um, I think me and you talked about the 49ers. Now that Crabtree's gone, and I think you said they need to change, but I'm looking like, why? Wow, you got Bolden, you still got Davis. I mean, what is it? Was Crabtree, that big of a player, I mean, impacts that team, Glove? Well, no, I mean, when you when you look at where the 49ers were and where they are now and where they're trying to go, think about it. You know, two years ago, they made it to the championship with Vernon Davis mm. and no other receivers. You know, last year they made it, you know, to the same spot with Vernon Davis 
with Crabtree, with the component of players. So evidently they keep getting better and better every year, but they haven't got over the hump yet. So now you take something out of the equation in a young receiver like Crabtree, and you put in a sure-handed receiver like Bowden. But how much work time have Kaepernick and Bowden had together, so how much they're going to gel, we don't know yet. It remains to be seen. And so you have Bowden now, and Vernon Davis willing to give up some of his balls to give to, to Antoine Bowden, you know what I'm saying? And who's going to step up and fill the shoes for Crabtree? That's all I'm saying is when you have, you know, that level of a deep threat, an over-the-middle threat, you're underneath worse because you're worried about the deep. Now, you know, Kaepernick's lost his sure-handed receiver. Who's going to be his sure-handed guy now that he's hurt? Well, you don't think Bolden is a better receiver than Crafty? That's not what I'm saying. What what I'm saying is they don't have time served, as we say, you know, in law enforcement. Mm. You know, in law enforcement, we say time served, meaning, you know, you served your time. Crabtree and Kaepernick have been together for a season and a half. Antoine Bowles just getting there. So they don't have no time served together. They don't have no playing time. They don't have no on-the-field time. So, yeah, maybe the second half of the season, it might get there where they get to know one another. But Crabtree, Vernon Davis, they know they know uh, Kaepernick. Bolden doesn't know. He's been knowing the quarterback in Baltimore for the last three or four years. And I think, I think me and you argue over and over with this one about Randy Moss. I just don't think he was something that contributed to that. You said, you know, it opened the field up for Crabtree. He didn't catch no balls, bro, you know? It's like, it's it's like, I, I don't want to use that term because it's, it's kind of crazy. But it's like this. Here it is, you have, regardless of Randy Moss being the years in the league, when Randy Moss is still on the field, he still drew a double team. Mm-hmm. Ask anybody in the NFL. He was still taking two defenders. So now if we can get two on Moss, and we can get two on Vernon Davis, that leaves one-on-one for the linebacker for Crabtree underneath. So, yes, Randy Moss isn't going to catch the ball. He should have been catching because he's taking the double in a zone. Vernon Davis is taking another double in a zone. So guess who benefited from those guys taking double coverage in the zone? Crabtree. Did Crabtree not have his best year ever last year? You think it was because he was just that much better of a receiver? You just said, or you just asked the question, was Bolden better than Crabtree? Here's my here's my answer to your question right here. Double, double, one-on-one. Now, let's, now we put Bolden in the mix. Now, but Moss is gone. So I guarantee you Bolden to get a double, Vernon Davis to get a double. Who's the single receiver uncovered? I have nobody. I mean, it's the younger guys, you know, that haven't been on the field. Yeah, I'm not taking I'm not taking anything away from any of those guys, but for some strange reason, you know, when we get in this conversation, you just don't like Randy Moss. You know, you, you're just not a Randy Moss fan, and, and I'm not and I'm not I'm not his number one supporter either. I'm just talking about his athletic prowess, his ability. When that man's on the field, you have to watch out for him. He showed it in New England a year prior to that. You know, everybody said he was done. And he went out and led the league in motherfucking touchdown catches. So there's still something in the tank. He's not T.O. He's not that other clown. You know, he's still a player. 
know, he still shows up, even though he takes plays off. But guess what? I guarantee you, in the NFL, they won't single cover him. Yeah, but if we go back and we look at it, the play he took off cost him big. You don't think so? Look, who doesn't take off a play with the Raiders? Oh, I, 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 I totally agree. They, their, their whole organization been taking plays off, from from owner to to coach to everybody. In the, everybody in the Raiders organization been taking plays off. So, so we just can't point the finger. Everybody wants to point the finger at Moss, but you're talking about Moss in San Francisco. Now here it is. This man's the time serves again. 15, 16 years in the league. You gonna take a hit coming across yeah. the middle? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally. I, I, I keep saying I agree with you on that, but. The play that he took off, you know, was an interception, and that changed the game. You don't think it changed the game? But was it not a was it not a slant route across the middle? Mm, he was going towards outside from the middle outside, right? If I believe that play. The play was going middle in, outside yeah. in. It wasn't outside. It wasn't inside yeah, out. Yeah, right. It was an outside in. And 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 people all like I say, everybody talks about Moss and all that. But but there's Jerry Rice took off plays. Everybody takes off a play. It's just certain players that get magnified more so than others because people don't like them. Keep it real. That's that's for real stuff. Anybody else does something is 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 swept under the rug or it's not looked upon as as bad. Randy Moss does it. It gets magnified. Well, good. We're we'll, we'll gonna take a break. When we come back, we we'll continue to talk about these teams and what. Um, effect they have, and we got to talk about New England. Um, they got both tight ends out, and it just seems like New England's starting to self-destruct, you know. So, we'll get your input on New England and where they're going, and um, actually, we'll talk about the San Diego Chargers, what they're going to do this year, Glove. So, we'll be right back with James and Glove. How it is out there, Glove? You know what? It's 80, 80 degrees, a little overcast today, but I got that tri-tip marinating along with those ribs and chicken and... <laughs> You know, if I had a picture to show it to you, I would. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football is Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on and 
Just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jay Lum, back hosting on Sports Talk and always co-host with me, Glover. Are you that Glove? I'm here, James. How's it going? Oh, sound like you out there with the dogs. I just walked in the house. <laughs> see, I ain't know you had a dog, see? Got two of them. Oh, yeah. Well, Glove, before we jump to New England, I think you jumped on something. I want to go right back real quick and talk about how the coaches jump from college to the NFL. And they get no, nothing wrong, no... no penalty or nothing, and they mess up a program where kids go to school there to be at that program, and they can't, you know, get to the bowl, bowl games. Do you think that's fair? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's fair. I think if if you're willing to subject those kids to to things, and you get them kids there, and then the program gets you know put in shambles, and then you run to the NFL. I think you should be punished. I don't think the kids should have to suffer, and you don't. I think if anybody has to suffer, it should be the coach, because the coach don't know what's going on. And here it is, this man is supposed to be mentoring and and showing these kids the right way to do things, and he's taking advantage of for his own for his own selfish reasons. So I think... What about when, like, a player, like, you know, Reggie Bush does something and puts a program? Is it the same thing when the coach does something? Yeah, I think if, 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 if the players are penalized for, you know, for, for taking money and, and doing illegal things, because guess what? At the end of the day, you can't tell me that the coaches don't know that these kids are taking bribes. You know what I'm saying? Or that boosters are paying these kids. Every coach every coach knows what's going on in this program. Now they just they just turn the other cheek and look the other way. Because they don't want to be a part of it because they know on the big scale they're doing the same thing. But I kinda work out to where a kid is coming in to go to school there and they get penalized for some another player there. You can't stop it, can you? No, I mean no. It's, it's, it's how do you how do you stop it? You know that that's what needs to be worked on. But you're right. You know how how come incoming freshmen should be penalized for what you know guys been doing for four years when they haven't even arrived on campus yet, or you know they're arriving on campus and the coaches are leaving going to the NFL and they're being punished because of what the coach did before then. You know, it's not fair to the guys coming in. That's definitely not. Like you said, there's nothing they can do, God. 
Well, I mean, there's things that could be done, but, but are we willing to do it? You know, and that's been the argument. You know, the argument goes on year in, year out, year in, year out, you know, and the NCAA is just not ready to do it because of, you know, all the money the NCAA is making off these young men, it could be split and they could pay these athletes. And guess what? It might still go on, but it won't be as bad as it is. I'm going to wait and talk about this, but now we're going to start. You know, New England is going down to the dumps now. You know, their program. What's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, for years and years and years, you know, everybody looked up to New England and they had this whole gag order, you know, going on in New England when nobody spoke. But now it seems like they've been harboring gangsters on their team. You know, they've been harboring gangsters and party animals and all these sorts. You know, the tight end, you know, on injury reserve, he's slam dancing, hurting his back and things like that at clubs in Vegas, you know. The, you know, most recent, you know, before that it was Wes Walker's wife, you know, running her mouth. And, you know, now it's, you know, Hernandez. So it just seems like, you know, this this crispy, crispy, clean, you know, silky organization that people used to look up to, you know, with, with Spygate and, you know, the coach is fine. And, you know, now it seems like the structure is crumbling. You know, it's, it's, it's coming down fast, you know, and, and it's not stopping anytime soon. Hello. Yes. It just seems like everybody used to look up to the franchise doing things, and now their franchise isn't looking no better than any other franchise because now for years and years and years they were squeaky clean, and now it seems like they have internal issues just like everybody else. So they can't point the finger at no one else because now – they're victims of what's been going on with every other franchise, you know, criminal behavior and things like that. Let's let's so, pick it out, Glenn. Let's start with um um with the one tight end they had the broken um wrist and uh, Gronowski and um the back thing. I mean, they said it was no big thing, you know. He can party and do it. And now it seems like it is a big thing now. He had all these injuries that, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, whereas at at one point they had the better tight end tandem in the league, now they're searching for players on offense because you got one one tight end that's, you know, wrist or elbow injury and now a back surgery, and you got another tight end facing murder charges. You know, you just let a receiver go. So who do you look to to, you know, play a vital part in that offense? Okay, let's let's go with Hernandez. If you see all the reports on him, are you looking at like did New England do that homework on him? I mean, this background glove. I mean, game side. He had another shooting. Did they? I mean, in college he was. You know, did they do that homework? Or if they did, did they just let this slip by, glove? Well, if you if you listen to the report, 
everybody say that's why he dropped to the fourth round was because he was a he was a number one pick, but because of all his off the field discretions and things like that, that's what made him drop so low. So yeah, they did their homework, but you know they're thinking because he's a local boy from Connecticut. You know they're thinking that they could keep him under wraps, which for you know the three years or whatever he's been there, he's been pretty quiet from what we knew. You know we didn't know about the things going on down in Miami, and we didn't know about all these other things. And it's amazing how things are kept hush hush until it all explodes at the end. You know, and now if you listen to what was going on in Florida and in his childhood, and you know these other murders that you know the two murders last year and everything that's going on, you say, wow, why was this guy even playing football? Or or how could he focus on football when he had all these uh, off-the-field antics going in his private life? So you think they just said, hey, we're going to change him and we know all this going on, but it's amazing how everything's coming out now, and there's some serious stuff that's coming out. Well, I mean, oh, he had a uh, possession of minor or, you know, it's like uh, ongoing stuff that's really, you know, serious. Well, you know, the sad the sad thing about it is, you know, there was things mentioned years ago, not about Hernandez, but just general in the NFL, and it was like, hey, I don't care what you do Monday through Saturday or Tuesday through Saturday as long as you perform on Sunday. And for me, it seemed like that was the kind of mindset that they took with him. We're willing to put up with whatever happens to you, you know, during the week as long as we don't hear about it and as long as you perform on Thursday night if we plan or Sunday night if we plan or Monday night. And from the looks of it, he performed when he had to perform, and then he had his, you know, alter ego, his other lifestyle when he was off the field. And they never, you know, came in contact with one another until here recently. Well, yes. And that's the key point you just said I wanted to bring up. You said as long as he playing good on Sunday. They let everything go. Now, if he was playing bad, and then other stuff start coming out about him, wouldn't Well, I think if he would have been, if he would have been an average player, think about it. If he would have been a walk-on or a free agent, he wouldn't even have been on the team. You know, if he would have been a, a, a rookie, he wouldn't have made the team. But because he was a named player, you know, he was a notable player. He was one of the, you know, up-and-coming young tight ends, and probably, you know pushing top five and tight ends in the league, of course you're willing to put up with it. You know, think about it. They lost Grakowski. Who stepped up last season when Grakowski was gone? But Fernandez. So what was their projection for him this year? They had nothing for greatness for him. He should have been the top tight end in the league coming up this season because there's really nobody else. You know, you're going to get what you're going to get from Tony Gonzalez in Atlanta. You know, Antonio Gates in San Diego, you know, he's been on that bad foot. You know, uh, Witten, I think, is still down in Dallas unless they traded him. But who's the tight ends we're looking at in the league? It was Hernandez in New England. You know, you still have Dallas Clark. I think he's with Peyton this year. But Hernandez was the top, one of the top tight ends in the league. Whitman for Dallas, Cliff. No, I said Jason Whitten in Dallas. Mm. But still, Hernandez was the top by far because Grzykowski's gone. So Hernandez was the name we heard all the time. You, you think this going to affect them with this season coming up? I mean, you got, you know, Walker gone. You know, you got the two tight ends going to be out. You think it's going to affect them 
or is Tom Brady yeah, Tom Brady? I think Brady's, you know, one of the one of the ultimate professionals. But who, who does he have to throw the ball to? He's he's lost all his weapons. What they got Amendola from St. Louis, but he's not Welker again. Time served. Brady doesn't know Amendola. Amendola doesn't know Brady. Yeah, they'll they'll work out some. But him and Welker had a connection. Him and Grakowski had a connection. Him and Hernandez had a connection. Because they've been playing together for two, three, four, five years. Amendola's just coming in. He don't know, you know, when Brady steps this way, should I slow back left? Or do I run, you know, do I, you know, go away or do I come back? You know, when, when he rolls one way, am I supposed to extend my my route or do I drop it off? He don't know those little intricacies about Brady. Whereas Welker, Hernandez, and Grakowski knew those little things. Well, what we're going to do is we'll take another break. When we come back, I'm going to get your input on quickly on what San Diego Chargers are going to do with your new guy on there and with Rivers. And then we're going to talk about basketball, your favorite thing about the Harold. What do you think he's going to do with all the teams he'll visit? Now it's D-Day. Now he got to make that decision. Is he going to do it like your boy LeBron or what, Glove? <laughs> we'll be right back, and I'm going to hear what you Glove got to say. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. 
This is James Levy. We're back with Levy and Sports Talk and co-hosting Levy Gloves on the grill off this week. Marinating and parinating. Is that what it's called, Glove? Nah, brother. I'm just marinating that tri-tip, baby. If, if you know anything about that good cut of beef, you know about that good tri-tip. Well, before we get on to you talk about San Diego Chargers, I want to read out a little messenger that we got sent to you. This is Tommy from Jocelyn, Missouri. Hey, Eric, do you think LeBron will go back to the Cleveland Cavaliers? You know what's funny, Tommy? I think he might. He just might for the for the right not not the right amount of money, but he likes he likes Brown Mike Brown as a coach. You know he knows Dwayne Wade's you know skills are fading, and who wouldn't want to play in their own home state if they got the right players put around him? I think he he just might think about going back to Cleveland. And yeah, here he said, if you think he does, Eric, do you think the fans will accept him back? That's the second part of the question to you. Yes, yes. I mean, they were upset. Everybody was upset because of how he went about it. If he would have just came out at the beginning and said that he was going to Miami, nobody would have got upset. But because it was a long, drawn-out process and a TV show and all that, that's what upset the people more so than anything else. If he just came out the first day and said, I'm going to Miami, nobody would have been upset. But because of the way he went about it, Everybody was upset. Think about it. The man won championships. How much more to get the people on your side? You come back home and you win. Everybody loves you again. Everybody loves a winner. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got to read this before we talk about your childhood. James and Eric, do you think the NFL is starting to become a league of all gangsters? <laughs> That's from Michael Brown. North Carolina. Go ahead, Glove. Well, you know what? It's owned by gangsters, so you only get the image of the owners. But but what you have to look at is this right here. The mindset of the young men in the league has changed. It's not like the old guys was about who was about the game and about the sport. You know, these young guys' mindsets are different. They're more about the thought of being in the NFL as opposed to, to playing the game. It's the look. It's everything that has to do with the game, you know. It's the money, the fast cars, the women, you know, the notoriety. It's it's all those intangibles, you know. And then the other side is they're fucking just thugs, period. It's not because they're in the NFL. If they wasn't in the NFL, they'd be thugs. So now they're just high-profile thugs because they got more money and they're playing in the NFL. So. They were thugs before they came to me. So it's not the NFL that's turning to thugs. They're already thugs already. Well, my question, my answer to Michael Glover, you might not agree with this, but if you look at it, these guys' plans come from poor, you know, growing up. So their lifestyle is a lot different than other people are seeing on the number. Am I right, Glover? No, you're right. You're totally right. And, and I think people see with the tattoos. And, and like you say, look at... um. And a little girl for Sixers, Iverson. He always had his boys around him. Most of them was in game. But that's who he hung out and grew up with. But that don't mean he's that way, right? No, I mean you gotta look at you gotta look at these guys are the way they are because of environmental conditions, because of upbringing, upbringing and things like that. 
So the image is already the neighborhood from which they grew up in. So now they're just in the NFL now. If they were just walking the street, they would be the same way. So it make it seem like now the league is changing, which it is changing because you got a lot of younger guys in there that are more, like you said, inner city or, or, or from those neighborhoods. But but what's even crazier is a lot of it is made up. A lot of these guys aren't who they portray they are. They're just portraying the image because if you talk 80% of them in a dark alley by themselves, they pee their pants, guaranteed. So it's this whole studio or whole, you know, TV persona that they putting it on that they keeping it real when – you're not keeping it real because if you was keeping it real, you'd walk down the street by yourself. You wouldn't need no bodyguards and no friends around. That's keeping it real. I mean, there's a lot of um, email for you and Paula, so we wait for Paula to do those. Uh, but uh, what I want to ask you is, you know, and I see you in that field, you know, do you think these guys doing it just for um, the show, Glove, or do they? I mean, why do you need 50 guns, 20 guns? Why you need? And we talked about it. I'm Plaxico Barrett to go to a club and bring a gun. You don't, why go to that club, regular? And you in that field or law enforcement. What do you see? You know, like, uh, again, again, it's it's environment, and it's it's environment they grow up in. You know, a lot of these guys, if you sit down and talk to the most of them, yeah, they came from negative neighborhoods, but guess what? They got out by going to college, playing football, baseball, basketball. You know what I'm saying? Now they're in the league making good money. So now it's perpetuated when they go back to the neighborhood because they left friends behind. So now they want to prove a point to their friends that they're still cool or that they're still down. So that's when all these tattoos and things like that come about because I'm still a part of the neighborhood. I'm keeping it real. Or that's when they got their boys coming because guess what? They wasn't carrying a gun before, so now all of a sudden, you know, the end thing to do is to tattoo up and to carry a gun because now I'm being cool, you know. And then what's next? Now it's just this whole persona of, you know, can't nobody touch me or I'm going to keep it real. But when you keep it real, you got to do something stupid, and that's what most of them are doing is they're doing stupid things, you know, trying to keep it real to prove a point that they're from the neighborhood. When most of them, when the street life came on, they was in the house already. They wasn't hanging out. You know what I'm saying? So it's all a persona. It's all an image for TV and for life. And a lot of cats are going to lose and sacrifice their careers behind BS. Let me let me ask this, Glove. I know you know you all going to be honest. I know when I was in Philly, when I was back in there, back then, you know, that was in the '80s. You know, we felt, and I felt too, that we was above everybody. You know, above the law and all that. You know. Do you think that because they, they got the money and the, the status that they think that good? I mean, I mean, you. Uh, I remember you told me uh, you went to the Pro Bowl. You know, ain't gonna bring out the name of the player, but you was in the elevator. He told you like y'all can't get it, only Pro Bowls. Remember that, girl? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No. Do you it's, think it's they like, got no. this? They think they no. better than people, girl. That's why. No, answer. you're right. I mean, I mean, think about it. You're you're playing a sport that you played for free as a child, and then you paid to play as you got older, and then you got a scholarship to go to college, and they kind of paid you to play, but you wasn't really getting paid to play, and now here it is. You're making multi-million dollars playing a sport that you used to play for free. 
Now, if you go to them 47-man rosters or 45-man rosters, and then you do it amongst all the teams in the league, it's like I forgot how many thousands of players total. So you're amongst an elite group of players. So, yeah, you should feel pretty good about yourself that you made it to the NFL. So, yes, you do have a chip, and you do have an eagle. Because think about it, you're 20, 21, 22, or in them early 20s or mid-20s, and you're driving a $100,000 car, $200,000 car. You're living in a 7000 or 5000 or whatever. You're living in a mansion. You have a lifestyle that you never dreamed of having. And here it is, people that are working normal jobs in corporate America, people are spending all kind of money to watch you play. You perform on Sunday. You're not watching them. They're watching you. So, yeah, you do have a chip. You do have an eagle. You do put yourself on a pedestal. You do get that complex. You go in places, and people are asking for your autographs. Girls that you would have never had in your lifetime are trying to have sex with you or want to be with you. I'm not saying you're Denzel Washington or, or you look like Eric Glover, but, yeah, they do want to have sex with you, you know. So, yeah, you feel pretty good about yourself. Yeah, I mean, and, and I could see where you're saying they had a chip on their shoulder, but, and like you say, that look what America, football is the number one thing when people look at, bro. I mean. You know, and you got you to gotta remember this, too. Unlike basketball and baseball, football players have to do more to be recognized because they got that helmet syndrome. People don't know what you look like because you got on a helmet. So, so what do you do? You have to have that ego. You have to have that personality. When you go somewhere, you gotta you gotta roar louder. You gotta bark a little louder. You gotta tell people if they don't know who you are because you wear a helmet. And you think that's why when they had a chip on their shoulder that they want people know who they are, Glove? Oh, I mean, of course. Know of course. Who basketball yeah. players get noticed because they're tall. You know, if, if if you've seen a bunch of big guys, you would just think they're big guys. You might ask if they play football, but you don't know until you ask them. Yeah, that's, that's true because people look at you and they see you're a big guy. Oh, you must play football. You know what I'm saying? You're tall. You must play basketball, right? Ain't that how they do it? Of course. If, if you're big and black, you must play football. If you're tall and black, you must play basketball. You just can't be a normal guy. You have to play some sports. Yeah, yeah. That's true, Glove. I got I to gotta admit with you on that one. I don't agree with you much, but I do agree with you on that because I see it, you know. Well, Glove, what we're going to do is uh, we can't get you out of here. We got to talk about Dwight. We got to talk about, you know, uh, what's going on with that because I hope we don't fall into that same thing LeBron did with the with the decision. So we got to take another break, you know, and then we'll get back to the break, Glove. We got to. Hope you don't make the mistake that um, LeBron made, because that's why a lot of people don't like LeBron. So we'll be right back with Glove and Jake. Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're hooked up with loving that sports talk james loving and his guests want to hear it from you call us at 1-888-346-9144 that's triple eight three four six nine one four four or drop an email to loving that sports talk at yahoo.com now back to the show yeah, I'm glove, and I can hear you too. All right, that's better. Well, glove. Before we get you going, we want to give a shout out to our new listeners that emailed me from Bloomington, Illinois, from Dalton, Illinois, and from Hammond, Indiana. Uh, they listen in today and um, giving us a shout out today. So we got some three new listeners, and um, probably some more glove. That's good, right? Oh, that's that's real good. It's always nice to know James uh, have family all throughout uh, Illinois and uh, Indiana. <laughs> and we want to give a shout out to uh, some of your friends out there, family in uh, um, Galesburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I make sure all my clients and uh, all my parolees <laughs> listen to the program, so you know, up our ratings. <laughs> Hey, that's telemarketing, Glenn. That's telemarketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell them either listen to the program or uh, get violated. <laughs> but, but, uh, we can't get out here without talking about the white. I, I just think he is going to fail because he's not strong enough to speak up and say, hey, it's about the money. You know what I'm saying? And pick a team and go there like D was saying. 
settle down and do well. What do you think, love? Well, you know what I think. You know, Dwight, 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 one of those emotionally fragile guys. You know, he wants to be loved and liked by all, but he hasn't lived up to his full potential. You know, now what? It's like a hundred and thirty or forty million dollars on the table. You know that the Lakers can give him, and like what eighty-seven, eighty-eight, the most any other team could give him. So, from a money standpoint, financially, I mean, hey, he stays with the Lakers. I'm sorry. But production and things like that are going to be an issue because he knows with the Lakers it's all about winning, you know, bar nothing else. And think about it. Of all the great Lakers centers that have come before him, Shaq's been the worst center. And he's not even a a third of Shaq. So he knows what the expectation is. So he can't hide with the Lakers like he did down in Orlando. He has to perform. So that's one of the things why he's not really, you know, keen in signing in, but he is making it a a spectacle or, you know, a sideshow like LeBron did. Isn't it when you start making all that big money up, you can't hide, you know, you're going to be out there like, like, you know, like when Michael Vick made that hundred million and people start getting it. Isn't that bringing you out to where people will say, hey, what are they doing to make that money, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with, with, with people making money, be it, be it illegal picking fruit, or restaurant workers, or salesmen, or whoever. You know, whatever you do for a living, I don't, I don't, I don't have one of those issues of, of people making money. All I say is, you do the job that you're getting paid for. Now here it is, this man is getting paid, you know, incredible money. I mean, over the top, bar none, just great money to play. And his mentality is still like he's a teenage kid, at some point the young man has to mature. He has to stand up and be a man and stop hiding hiding in his own shadow. What do you think? Which team do you think he can do that, Glove? I mean, if it's about finances, I think he should stay with the Lakers. You know? I mean, but then you look at Houston, who pulled out all the stops with Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, you know, Yao Ming came in from China on a, on a uh, teleconference. So, you know, you can see that Houston really wants them, and it would make them a contender uh, if he went to Houston. But then they don't have no bench, so how good will they really be? You know, he can go to Dallas and play with the whiskey, but what else is in Dallas? You know, Clyde just kept. I've told people he should just come around the corner and go to the Clippers and play with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. That's 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 in my choice to go to the Clippers, yeah. and now they got Doc Rivers. Yeah, Glover. But let's go back and, and think: Is he that great that player that can take a team to the championship? I don't think he is. Girl. I don't care how many people you have around him. You know, Kobe only had him and Shaq. Um, the White can do that with Kobe. You know, and 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 him. You think so? Well, we'll see. The White's the type of player that you have to get him involved early. You know. If either you get him involved early or he checks out, and, and we've seen it. You know, if he's not touching the ball in the first quarter, then he checks out the game until you get him involved. So I think with the right with the right component around him, it will free up. If you had somebody that was hitting a consistent jump shot, you know, it would free up the middle for him to, you know, do what he does inside. You know, if you had somebody that could slash to the basket, you know, and then dish it off to Dwight, for a little, you know, a short slam jump or a short shot, 
you know, people benefit from players like that, somebody that creates plays and that can make plays. You know, Kobe can, but Kobe's Kobe. You know, they thought Steve Nash would be a lot healthier than he was, and he wasn't. You know, for some strange reason, Paul, you know, bar injuries, he didn't play like Kyle normally played. So, you know, it was like a lot of up and down with the Lakers, so he never really got comfortable in that system. And then also by him being, you know, mentally, you know, challenged, you know, he just wasn't ready to take over, nor do I think he can take over. Well, we only have four minutes, but I've seen this email when we started about the Miami Heat, and I should have got to it, but I want to get to it real quick so we can answer this. It's from Marche from Washington, D.C. James, Paula, and Glove. What's they call you Glove? Do you think any time soon or in the near future that a WNBA player will have a trial in the NBA? No. See, the, sad, the, the crazy part about it is the NBA don't need gimmicks to make money because they already make a whole lot of money. So they don't need the gimmick. Is is there some female players out there that are credible enough or talented enough to come to the NBA? There may be, but no. Even the worst NBA player is still better than the, the best female player. And I think Marche um, is kind of going by well. Um, Brittany Griner, is that her that came out of Baylor? I don't think yeah. like their body is. I mean, the things they're doing is, is a lot advanced in the woman thing, but in the man thing, they can't handle that glove, that that type of speed down low. You know, you agree with that? The, the men's game is is ten times more physical than the female game. Brittany Griner is a center, so. On a small scale, we'll put her up against Dwight Howard because she played in the middle of Dwight Howard. Who's the worst? Who's the worst NBA center in the league? And and that's who we'll put her up against. And from a physical standpoint, she can't do it. They'll push her out the middle the whole game. She wouldn't even get a shot off because of the physicality. So is it fair to say, Glove, that me and you agree to tell Marche that um, can't handle the NBA stay in the kitchen? Hey, unless they had some transgender, <laughs> unless they had a transgender or transsexual, you know, dress up, then that's the only way it's going to happen. But from a female male point of view or, or female male physicality, it'll never happen. Well, we're talking about that movie, Joanna Man, huh? Yeah, you're right. Joanna won't happen. <laughs> well, Glenn, we only got two minutes. We'll give um Hey, to all to all those wonderful listeners out there, remember, they got a good tri tip recipe online. All you gotta do is Google tri tip. It might say Glover's greatest tri tip. But you Google that, you'll have the best tri tip steak in the world. Other than that, I hope you all have a happy and safe and healthy fourth of July. Same to you in love. Same to you as well, D. Get them ribs, get them rib chips soaking, and enjoy yourself. Well, well, I just hope you have a good uh, fourth safe. And uh, with D, D, please do not follow the little rib chips cooking because you won't have them be tough. Follow mine, and you'll be all right, D. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks all again, right. guys. All right, y'all. <laughs> 
That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. We'll be right back.